What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me on this late night podcast is Colin Mitchell. Colin how are you doing tonight? You know, I'm doing as good as a man can after a beating like that. Yeah, we are recording this on a Saturday night right after the um, North Texas and SMU game went final. I mean, what time is it at this point? It's like 1, 1, 106. It's, it's, it's it, Technically, it's Sunday. Yeah, you're technically, right. you're, it's Sunday. You're right about that. So, happy Sunday morning to y'all by the yeah. time you listen to this or whenever you listen to, or whenever you listen to this. Uh, we have a lot to talk about because obviously... The biggest game in a long time has taken place, and it did not go in North Texas' favor. It was a—I don't want to say it was a beatdown, but it, it was, was a beatdown. It was a pretty bad loss by North Texas, forty-nine to twenty-seven at the hands of SMU, crosstown rivals in Dallas. We were there for the game. Um, SMU got off to a twenty-one to zero start. You know, North Texas worked to they worked their way back into it. In case y'all didn't see, I'll just give y'all a quick recap. But um, uh, North Texas went down twenty eight to seventeen at one point in the second half before SMU was able to uh, rekindle their energy and finish off the Mean Green. Uh, there's so much to take away from this game, Colin. Uh, just overall, how would you describe your your emotion coming away from coming away from this game? Well, emotionally, I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. Um, I'd have to say that it was very disappointing to see what I saw, but it, I feel like in the back of my mind, I almost kind of expected it. And I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but obviously there was all the hype going into the game. I said they were going to win by two touchdowns. You did. No matter the score. You did. And... Yeah, in the back of my mind, I always kind of felt like, even going into the ACU game, that it was kind of like, is this team as good as we're all making it out to be? Mm-hmm. And I feel like those those re- repressed thoughts have finally come to fruition. Yeah. Well, before we continue, I do want to I do want to mention that we are recording with Maya again. Uh, if y'all, if, if you're a loyal listener to the podcast, you will know that we have started recording in McKinney in Colin's room. Because the quality's better, I God, Maya's teeth are sharp. Yes. and so yeah, we have Colin's dog is now in our room with us. So she helps us light lighten the mood a little bit. But it's um, an unfortunate lightener sometimes, though. It's all right. I wish she'd just go to sleep. It's all right. We'll get through it together. It's not a big deal. She's just chewing on my shoe right now. You like those shoes? No. <laughs> okay, kinda. <laughs> it's okay though. As long as she's not biting my ankle, we're good though. So. But all right, we won't spend too much time on Maya. But if y'all, but if we take a pause for any reason, we'll we'll let you know because it's Maya. But we're gonna get through this anyways. So, like you said, I feel like you have okay. So you bring up the point of not knowing how good this North Texas team is, even going into the Abilene Christian game. Like we wanted to see it, we wanted to see it proved. I guess right. But how is that the case when? They return so much on offense, and they return a lot on defense. And we've heard, you know, with the guys that come in, how good they were just throughout throughout camp. Honestly, I think it's because although they're returning everybody, although we know this team is talented in terms of Conference USA, 
every bowl game that they've been matched against, they've been completely outplayed. So any any game that's been out of conference that yeah. was uh, had stakes, so SMU, SMU last year, I guess it would be the outlier. Yeah. And, but and then the bowl games and what have you, they all underperformed, and we always just chalked it up to be. Oh, Mason, like Utah State. Oh, Mason was hurt. But do you actually think that if Mason wasn't, you know, didn't come out of that game, that they would have not lost by 40 points yeah. or however much it is? Troy, do you really think that they were going to be able to keep that game competitive if they played their best? Yeah. And I feel like having, because of all their returners, that, that those thoughts are in my mind because it's like, how much better can they actually get from that soft, from Mason's sophomore year? Because yeah. have they, because you could argue, have they gotten better? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good, oh man, it's so hard to say, to ask the question of if they've gotten better, or how much they've gotten better, because so much changes on a year to year basis, the coordinators change, you know, the, the personnel changes around you, just everything changes. So that's the tough, toughest part for me when you ask that question, but you know, like I said, on paper, this is a similar team to last year and, and the year last, before, and the year before, and both of those teams won nine games. And and the comment and the thing, the only thing that changed really from his sophomore year, so two years ago yeah. to this year, was the defense last season. Yes, really, you could say that. Like we talked about this, we talked about this tons last season. That Mason's sophomore year, their offense was better than last season, mm-hmm. and we didn't know if that was just because it was a regression or if they were being too timid. But we're starting to see see those same things happen now. And although most of today's game could be chalked up to the offensive line, there was still... They didn't pass the eye test with by, everything else. They didn't pass the eye test by any stretch of the well, imagination. Right, but like the offensive line, yeah. But like in my opinion, Mason didn't even pass the eye test. I can name two players that named the eye test. Passed the eye test. Okay, who's your who did you other than Trey Siggers? We all know Trey Siggers. Hamilton was really good. There you go. That that's who I would have said as well. Those and, are the only two players that passed the eye test. And those are the only two players that I feel like have improved. Or Trey Siggers, I guess not really, but we've seen constant progression from Ladarius Hamilton. Mason, I'm not, and I'm, this isn't going to be saying that Mason's bad, but I'm saying I feel like we all expect this team to be better, and because we expect it to be, we all think it is without any actual results. Like last season, or Mason's sophomore year, they ran through the conference, went to the conference championship game, and lost in, mm-hmm. a, in a game that required some type of competition. And then last season, Mason was still good, but their offense was very not, you know, very, it would stutter off. Yeah, it was inconsistent. And they got destroyed in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And losses against UAB, a loss against La Tech. And then this year we see the SMU game and it's it says it tells me like yeah Mason's really good obviously but how much improvement has there actually been outside of just the normal improvement like has there been that next step yes. for this team and we we assume every year that it's happened but has it actually okay here's here's what I want to say I want to go I want to say something for a while so okay you bring up a really good point in taking the next step and how. So let's let's look back to this offseason. When we talked about this team taking the next step, we talked about a few things. We talked about the insertion of Bodie Reader. Yep. We talked about his changes. We talked about picking up the pace. We talked about Coach Luttrell adding urgency to this team. We talked about the added urgency or the natural added urgency to this team with them being seniors. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> 
I don't want this to come off wrong because there's still a lot, a lot of season left. And, uh, and I agree. Yeah, take everything I said with a grain of salt. It's just there's okay yeah just continue so again there's a lot of season left and i don't want to be over overly caught up because we're recording this yeah recency bias is three hours definitely in effect right now (laughs) but for for you to tell us for the north texas coaches north texas players north texas everybody and again i couldn't i i believe them a hundred percent i believe that they believed 100% 100% in everything that they did in every change that they made in mm-hmm. every um, every step they took for this offseason. I believe that they believe 100% in what they do and that is good because they need to and I believe that they did make progress from last season. Right, but, the culture is, is 100% there. But I want to look at something specific that really caught my attention today that kind of concerns me moving forward because I look at the receiver list um, I see a receiver. I see ins- I see two slot receivers: Michael Michael Lawrence, Jalen Darden. I see Greg White with three receptions. Nick Smith, a running back. Kelvin Smith, a tight end. DeAndre Torrey, running back. Jair Shorter, receiver. Trey Sagers, running back. Mm-hmm. Those are all the players who've caught a pass tonight or last night. Kelvin Smith had two receptions. He now in week one, obviously, we saw Jason Pertle have his game. We saw. Three touchdowns, four receptions, all this stuff. We even saw Kyle Howell, whatever. He was running around out there. That was what this team wanted to be. Right. What they were against Alvin Christian is what this team wanted to be. They wanted to use versatile packages. They wanted to pick teams apart with different concepts, you know, whether it was breaking through their zones with the tight ends, because that's where tight ends, I feel like, are are most um, important is against the zone. You know, you you can put them in pockets and whatnot. What we saw against SMU, obviously SMU's defense was very different from anything that Avalon Christian did, but what we saw against SMU was a lack of comfort in how exactly this team... Okay, let me rephrase this. What we saw against SMU was a lack of comfort in everything that they've been trying to do or try everything they've been trying to instill for the past eight months. And that was the most alarming thing to me. Kelvin Smith only having two receptions, and I looked out there time after time after time. I I don't have the exact numbers on me, but Jason Pertle did not play a ton. Jason Pertle didn't didn't get a ton of snaps on the offensive side of the ball, especially compared to last uh, even last week. Uh, Kyla Powell probably I don't, even, I don't even remember seeing him out there. Yeah, so. And that I say that because the two tight end sets were v- slim. They were slim to none, really. And I'm just I'm just concerned that the going got rough initially and they were like, Okay, scrap whatever didn't work. Let's just go back to what we know and let's see it hope that this works instead. And I mean, it did, but that's not the point. The point is not that you are going to go revert to what you did. The point is that you want to. This team should be more comfortable in what they're in what they're trying to do. And um, yeah, that's that's the main thing I took away is I just felt like they weren't as comfortable as they needed to be um, going into this game. And I I don't want to say that they they lied to us with those changes, but I feel like they just. 
I don't even want to say they over-exaggerated them because I feel like they actually believed it. But at this point, when you play a good team like SMU, when you play a good team like Cal, when you play a good team like anybody, and it doesn't work, it just it looked really bad to me that they didn't have a lot of two tight end sets out there, that they were kind of just reverting to back what they were. And they weren't, they weren't what we thought they were going to do. They didn't, they weren't doing what we thought they were going to do to take the next step, which was use the tight ends more, use the versatile packages more, be more versatile as an offense. They scrapped that. Yeah. And you could tell it's because they weren't as comfortable with it or they didn't think it could be a good team. And either way, that's very alarming. What's What's interesting to me is that despite going three and out on the first three drives or close to it, I know they had the Nick yeah. Smith run. They didn't try any of those things after the the old because they started with the old stuff. I feel like, I mean, I'm on the field. Perhaps. I can't. I, I'm not able to see this. You know exactly what's happening because they're in the box. Yeah. But it, it felt to me that they started what they're they're comfortable with from last season. And then since they weren't able to get anything going, they were like, oh, well, I guess we shouldn't try anything until we start to get anything going. So they assumed, or I don't, I mean, I guess I, I'm not speaking for them, but it's just like, why not try out those tight end sets? Why not try out the the stuff that has been being preached to, to the media this whole off season, you know? And, and we just saw more of the same running, 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 running. Okay, play action. Okay, screen pass. And then, okay, we'll throw a slant on third and fourth. Yeah, the um, again, I just found that to be the most alarming thing for me. Um, let me, let me get because I have a lot of written down, <laughs> obviously from a game like that. Um, so yeah, the the tight ends I feel like was the main takeaway for me as far as on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you mentioned the offensive line. Yes, I think everyone, anyone who's listening now, to this, watched the game and saw that. Yes, of of course. Now, do you want to get into questions now, or do you want to? Yeah, let's 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 go into the questions, and then we'll go into whatever other kind of. Okay, because I have one, two, three, four, five, five other things to talk about from this game. Five okay. other aspects. We have plenty to talk about, so let's just get these questions okay. out of the way. So, so let's because, go. Yeah, because I felt bad, you know, reaching the end of the podcast and not end. Yeah, and, being, and like, being like, oh yeah, we already answered that. Yeah, so exactly. This will this will allow us to be more. Uh, I guess thorough with answering your question instead of hoping that you caught it. Exactly. Um, now we didn't receive a lot of questions because obviously it's a late night podcast and we tweeted out. We did ask some people for questions. We um, tweeted out at like eleven or something. Yeah, we tweeted out late. So uh, yeah, sorry about that. But if you have questions, I guess you could tweet them at us and we'll we, answer them anyways. We will answer them on not Twitter's. on the podcast, but no, we'll exactly. reply exactly. Um, oh, I think Maya's laying down. Don't don't look at her. Don't look her in the eyes. Progress. It's like it's like a it's like a bear where if you stare at it, they attack. Isn't that how it works? Or is it like if you're still both? I have no clue. Just don't do either. I would be terrible in the wilderness. Don't ask me. (laughs) I'm Um, imagining you like seeing a bear now. Don't. God damn it. Can I interview Uh, you? Speaking of which, the California the cow bears are playing right now as we record this. Yeah, so we'll be able to give you we'll get we'll give a a score update at the very end while we go over our preview. Yeah, the playing. It'll be fantastic. Yes. All right. So, we asked Brady Brady Keen. Y'all y'all should know him. He worked for the Denton Record Chronicle last year. He's currently a football coach in Winters yeah. now. So so he has he has insight. Oh, he has insight. And he was at the game. Uh, he shot us a, a few questions for the podcast, and so we appreciate that. 
Uh, his first question was, how much of a detriment is it to play a team like Abilene Christian in the opener before trying to get up for a game like SMU? You mentioned this I did. last, or the, I did. The, the ACU preview. Yeah. And I told you that I didn't think it was going to be much of a problem because it gave them a chance to try stuff. We saw some of that stuff with Jason Pirtle, obviously, but then we never saw it again during this game. Mm. So... I was wrong, obviously, and I believe that it probably hurt them. I mean... Well, my whole point was that you don't get to use that nervous energy that you have week one to your benefit. That's all. That was all. I, that was my whole... But I felt like this team is... And they seasoned vets, and they should be able to play how they're supposed to play, no matter what. They've been there before. I felt like ACU was the game that was... Ne- it was like almost like practice. Yes. Except you could practice it in real time, so... So I guess See, you, you say you say they're seasoned vets. We're not talking about Tom Brady. We're not talking right, about thirty in, year olds. We're talking about 21, 22 year But the seasoned all... vets on this team are Kyrie Mom is twenty one. Right, he's twenty one. But he's I'm twenty one. But he's been there, and he showed up. He showed up tonight. Yes. You say he's been there. He has been there. He has. He's played the last two seasons. Yes. Last year he was a captain on this team. He was a great, great player and everything. I just question as uh, these these guys are all basically almost all twenty two and under. I understand they're under twenty two. I understand they're kids, but they're also playing or kids, quote unquote. Yes, they're adults, of course. But they're also playing their peers who are the same age, who have less experience than them for the most part. Yes. So they should have a leg up on their competition in terms of experience. And I felt like ACU was going to give them that chance to practice the new system, to try out some new things. And that just didn't happen. <laughs> Maya just knocked down his, his Xbox controller. Oh, I, thought, I thought it was broke, broke. You're good. We're having a good time. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. That it is, it is a good point. I just feel like the... The nervous energy is always important to me. And I feel like you have to be able to use your nerves in any sport, really, to your benefit. And I think that's a big thing. And I feel like that's what happened last year with uh, the SMU game. So this this week, it wasn't as much nervous energy as it was just nerves, I feel like. I feel like this team, North Texas, comes out of the gate after playing an, an Abilene Christian team and just being like, okay, well, we know what to expect, but they didn't really know what to expect. And and that speaks to what I think Brady is trying to ask in that when you play a team like Abilene Christian before playing SMU, you kind of, to a certain degree, are you set up to fail early on? Because it was, it was early on that North Texas failed. They gave up three touchdowns right off the bat. They go, they get one first down in the first four possessions. They couldn't do anything really. Is that... The problem, I I think it's less but, nerves, like you're saying, and more competition difference. Okay, like the but, game is the game okay, is faster against SMU. Okay, I I compl- I agree that to an extent SMU going from Abilene Christian to SMU is a detriment. But so many teams in the country play an FCS school before playing an an FBS school, or especially a big team. Not only an FBS that's, school, that's true. They go f- from playing an FCS school to an actual team. Like that's not uncommon in in the country, so I don't I don't even like giving them that excuse. 
That's a good point, actually. At this point, we're just trying to heave excuses at them. When maybe SMU just beat the hell out of them because they're better than them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what else to say to that. That's a good point. And that's the that's the thing that I feel like is going to give these North Texas fans. I feel like, I feel like that's the reason North Texas fans are so riled up tonight. Because you can throw out any excuse you want at this point. SMU was the better team at seemingly every single position on the football field. Yep. That includes quarterback. That includes running back. That includes receivers. That includes the entire offensive line. That includes defense, especially. Every position, SMU seemed like they had the better players. And as a North Texas fan, when you've been told this is your year for the entire offseason, you've made the changes you've had to make. You've made, you brought in the coaches. You've done everything seemingly right. And for SMU just to go bring in 16 transfers and be like, oh, yeah. We're better than you again. That has to be the most painful thing. Yeah. And I saw I saw a couple people on Twitter as well just be like, you know, this is Mason Fines last year. We should have gone and done the same thing. We should have gone and got 16. We should have gone and got more, you know, uh, transfers as well. And sure, you can do that. But that's not, first of all, that's not how coaches want to build their programs, right. obviously. You and wanna, it's temporary. It's a temporary fix. Yeah, it's a temporary fix. But... I feel like that's just a defense mechanism because we've built this from the ground. It's kind of like, okay, I don't want to go too deep into this, but as a Spurs fan, you know, you, Tim, Tony, Manu, you built it from the ground up, you know, drafted them, whatnot. And then you play the Heat in 2013 where they just, you know, got together and they won. And it's just like, damn, like we did all this work to get to this point and you're just going to go form the big three in Miami and beat us. Well, like it's a that. football. Com- there's a, the NFL comparison would be the Rams building their thing. And then having a 40 year old Tom Brady, who just has a new team around him every year, yes. beating you in the Super Bowl. Same thing with the, the chiefs last year. Exactly. The fans feel like they've, they've, they they've, feel like they've done their time. Yeah, they, they've done their time. They've they've showed up to games more. They've they've been more involved. They've been there to, when the team was bad. They've watched Mason grow. They've watched the team grow. They've been there for Seth. And now they're wondering why. And I think that that is more than anything the reason for the initial hurt. The initial hurt, the initial lashing out, the initial everything. I mean, you get on the any forum right now on North Texas um, and it's bench this guy, fire this guy, move this guy, do something, do this, do that. And it's the second game. Guys, it, it is the second game, <laughs> and I understand. But I understand these emotions, too, because yeah, I, no, definitely. I think we can all relate to them at a certain point because this is this was the year, this and it still is the year. Don't get me wrong. It's the second game of the season. It is still this is the year. Ask us in four games, and that might yes, change. But. <laughs> but from a fan's perspective, I completely understand it because it's like, why aren't we beating SMU? Or at the very least, why are we not competitive with SMU, who is a middle-tier who they looked like a more of a top tier at American Athletic Conference team than middle tier, but let's say theoretically they're a middle tier AAC team. Like we we had aspirations of beating two. We had aspirations of beating three out of the four non conference teams 
on our schedule. And now it looks like we're not beating any of them besides Abilene Christian. Like that's the fans perspective. That's the immediate fear that goes through your head is like this team could start one and or two and four, two and three, two and three. Sorry. This team could be two and three. And then we're like, all right, well, I guess it's over. I guess this, I, I guess, guess it didn't happen. Yeah, unless they went out. And then it's just like, all right, it's over. So what's next? And when you look at what's next, it's very scary because you don't have Mason Fine in that picture. You potentially don't have Seth Luttrell in that picture. You potentially don't have a whole lot in that picture yeah. of the future. And it, and it almost throws away everything that they've done the last few years. And that's what the fear of the fans are right now. The fear of the fans is that we're still not good enough. And that is the most painful thing to them. And I completely understand it because I feel like it's a common thing. I feel like every fan has gone through it at some point like, damn, we still just can't do it. But I give, I still think it's early. We, I will ride by this until I die. They could go two and three in the first five games. They could lose to Houston. They could lose to Cal. Obviously, you have to beat UTSA, whatever. You could be two and three. But you you better damn near run the table of Conference USA because Conference USA right now is awful. Looks like crap. Yes. Conference USA losing to FCS teams, losing to the only FBS win Conference USA has right now is who who beat Akron? Some, uh, UAB. UAB over Akron, and it's Akron, and it's Akron. Like the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> there's not another way to explain what Akron is. That, that's it. Akron, that's is, only, Akron that, is the lowest possible team you could get. That's not FCS. I feel like it's Akron. And this is not going to be a Conference USA segment of this podcast because I feel like you can go look up Conference USA. Yeah, you can go look yourself. up the scores yourself. But. but real quickly, Louisiana Tech beat Grambling State FCS school by six. This <laughs> is just it. Just get it, it gets worse. Western Kentucky beat FIU. Yes, Baylor beat UTSA by forty nine. UCF beat FAU by thirty by thirty four. Like Middle Tennessee, they did end up beating Tennessee State, but they were down to Tennessee State early on. T- Texas Tech beat UTEP by thirty five. Go down the list. UTEP is Conference USA. Now, here's what I will say to fans: Conference USA is there for the taking, and if you win Conference USA, everything will be okay. If you go seven and one to Conference USA play. And you win the season eight and four. Obviously, that's not great, but you make it to a conference championship game, and you potentially you can win that game. You look at a nine and four team going to a bowl game. Like you better like, win that bowl game. Of course, yes, you <laughs> want to win the bowl game. But I'm just saying, if you win a conference championship, that is still in play, no matter what happens in these first five games, unless you lose to you to say. But I just think there's such a long season ahead of us. Don't freak out, even though I understand completely why y'all are freaking out. Right. So. That's that was that's my whole that's my thinking right now. So freak out, you know, go on go on your message boards, go on the Mean Green 24-7 message boards even and let us know how you're feeling. We prefer that way. Of course. And yeah. last shout, tell us who you think should be benched, this, that, and the other. We're gonna cover a lot of it on this podcast, but at the end of the day, you should be able to wake up Sunday morning and pull pull yourself back and be like, okay. Let's let's think about this rationally. That's and you don't have to be rational as a fan. I'm not saying you do because most people aren't. We're all fans, fans of course. Some team, yes. But all right, let's let's think about this. All right, let's think about this before we go saying Mason Fine is a bust and Mason Fine shouldn't do this. Mason Fine should be benched for Jason Bean. I don't know what you're gonna say. If in the I morning. see that take anywhere, that's tough. If I say that, you're you're getting blocked. 
So you're getting insta blocked. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, I think this podcast to be more Bruni looking forward to the season. It's gonna be more being more, I guess, devil's advocate. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I have no clue. Anyways, I, we, 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 I completely we, skipped forward. You asked one question and... Uh, I completely wonder. skipped forward to the fan reaction segment I had. But yeah, that, that was my fan reaction segment. All right, so let's get back to the did questions. We, did we answer Brady's question? Yes, the ACU game question, yes. Yeah. Okay, right. so you had another question, I think. Uh, what is the answer in the secondary? That's perfect. That's a great question, Brady, because I have that exact tab written down on my notebook. So the secondary, Colin. Yes, the, the great... Nick Harvey and Cam Johnson, who we all looked forward to, was going to be the, a step up from Nate Brooks and Keemon Hall. These last two games have showed us that that might not be the case. <sighs> okay. I'm going to shoot these guys some bail because... Not because I like them, but I mean, they are likable people, but... And not because I did a feature over Nick Harvey. For none of those reasons, I'm going to shoot them bail. I'm going to, instead of place 100% of the blame on them... I'm going to lift 50% of that blame. And okay. I'm going to move it over here to defense coordinator Troy Raffitt. Ooh. First of all, why hasn't his name not brought, been brought up on any of these That's true, honestly. tweets or forums or anything? But second of all, we know exactly why it's not been brought up. Because last year they had so much success. Success. Yeah. Because last year is like, oh my gosh, Nate Brooks, Kimon Hall... Troy Reffitt just made a great defense. It's the same defense. You plug in different players. What's the problem? It's the players, obviously. Yeah. Defense, you just, it doesn't work like that sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, and this goes into my whole thing of... <laughs> Bruni's having a rough right now. He's like rubbing his face. This is going down <laughs> into my whole thing of... I asked everybody on the team how they were going to get to the quarterback more often with the EJ and Brandon gone because they accounted for like 15 sacks they said nothing changes it's the same everything's the same I was like okay sure look at the go to the first two games everything's pretty much the same uh, production's less yeah Ladarius Hamilton is having to do a lot more work he's doing a lot more work he's doing great fantastic um, Tyreek and Katie I don't do they have a sack at this point in the year they have one Ka- Tyreek obviously Tyreek has one yeah, because he had that strip sack. Are you talking about the strip sack? Yeah, from ACU. Yeah. Um, and Tyreek obviously didn't play the second half, so that's kind of unfair to him, but... It um, doesn't matter. It's yeah, Ladarius is the only one with the sack. They had one sack on SMU. Um, and again, SMU is a good team, so... And every quarterback hit was uh, Ladarius as well. Yes, Ladarius was 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 the pass rush. Yeah, by himself. So, Dion Novo was maybe like 10% of that. Yeah, Dion Novo had some plays too. Good for him. Um... But no, so anyways, this gets, let me get back to my, my point. When you change personnel, you have to tweak something. You have to do something. Nick Harvey, out of his breaks, is not as quick as Kimon Hall. Like, he's not. He, he does certain things. Obviously, it hasn't looked like it yet. He does do certain things better than Kimon Hall. He is more experienced. He's smarter than Kimon Hall. But just asking him to play one-on-one man coverage on the outside with a six-yard gap between receivers with no safety help over the top. That is tough. And then on the... uh, It was the touchdown. um, I'm not going to remember what quarter it was. It was like the third quarter. Where he's pressed coverage with no safety help on the backside. Kimon Hall is not going to make those plays. 
Nate I mean, Brooks couldn't make those plays. Nate Brooks was not that fast. Seth Luttrell said it before how uh, Nate Brooks wasn't the the fleetest of foot, but he was long. He knew how to use his body and stuff. You have to put people in certain situations where they're going to be successful. And I hear that all the time from players yep. and coaches. We have to, as coaches, you have to put them in places to be successful. Putting the carving in press coverage with no safety. And obviously, I'm a fan. I watched that. From the press box, obviously there might be a nuance or two I'm missing. Maybe Kyrie messed up the coverage. I don't know. But just the perception of that play, leaving him on the outside with Robers with Robertson. And it happened against ACU too. It, it's this isn't just a one time thing. And after Robertson already has like four catches for 80 yards, mm-hmm. where's the safety? Yep. Like he's not gonna make that play. Yep. It's just he's not he's not gonna make it. And obviously. Nick did not have a good day again. Uh, but a lot of those catches on him were because he's playing eight yards off the ball and they just throw a little a little hitch route and boom, the guy picks up seven yards. Like, that's not him. That's that's the defense. Yeah. That's what the defense is trying to do. And, that's, and we'll get into this when we talk about um, how they were, North Texas was playing the run, but the safeties were up a lot of times. So you left those corners on island, and at the end of the day, when you, I tweeted, what did I tweet? I said, North Texas is playing is playing defense like it's Ben Hicks back there, and not Shane Bouchel. It is Shane Bouchel, James Prochet, and uh, Reggie Robertson on the outside, and those three guys are going to torch you if you do not play the pass. And so that didn't didn't it didn't surprise me that. Nick Harvey was getting beat on a one on one when he was when he was in press cover, coverage with no right. safety. Like, and, and Nick Harvey wasn't the happens. only one. Oh no, Cam Cam Johnson. He would on out routes. Jameel Moore. Jameel Moore. The Jameel Moore ones made me the most mad because they kept exploiting it. And four times Jameel Moore got pass interference. Was so, it four? I think it was three or four. Okay, it was probably three. It, okay, we'll say three. Yeah, let's say three. All three of those would have been catches if Shane. Threw the ball on target. Mm-hmm. Like the pass interference is neither here. The pass interference did not affect whether those balls were going to be caught. Yeah, it was. If Shane had it on target, those are going to be caught no matter what. And there was no safety. If you had, if Kyrie was back there, Jamil's fine, but he was getting beat because he doesn't play. He's not meant to go back there. he's, yeah. he's meant to play nickel. He's a nickel corner. So, um, and this goes back to what we saw. We saw this two years ago. Yep. We saw this exact thing two years ago. We that called it getting Brooks. In fact, we called it. We had a name for it. <laughs> Nate Brooks was getting beat on double moves, and there were no safety over. There was no safety help. It was like, all right, you can't guard him, I guess. No, give the man some help. And I, it's it's obviously that I'm gonna get someone come back and and say. Oh well, you know Kyrie should have been here or Taylor should have been here. Okay, show it to me, and I'm happy to learn. I'm happy. I'm gonna go back and watch this game regardless of what you tell me. So please show it to me before, I, so I can look for it more. But just the the optics of what was happening on the field looked explain extremely obvious to me because yeah. we saw it two years ago. Yep, we saw Keyshawn McLean come down and crash the run two years ago every single time. That's why he led the team in tackles. He wasn't leading the tackles, the team in tackles as a safety because he was 15 yards off the ball playing cover two or playing cover yeah. one. Yeah. Like, no, he's coming down, and that's what Kyrie and Taylor did today. They came down a lot of times. So I don't want to put all the blame on Nick Harvey and Cam Johnson, even though Nick Harvey, again, did not look well, did not look good. But 
I just I just think that there's 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 blame to go around. Agreed. So before and I don't I don't know if Quinn Whitlock is the answer. I'm surprised they haven't tried Quinn Whitlock. Well, is that concerning? I feel like that's I was gonna concerning. say that's con- it's concerning to me that they didn't try anybody else because that tells me one that the drop off between Nick Harvey and Cam Johnson is just not it's just really bad. Or you're two you're saying you're saying Cam Johnson is significantly better than Nick Harvey? Or that's no, how that Cam that's is considerably better. Cam and Nick Harvey are significantly better than Quinn, Quinn Whitlock Will, that's and, okay. and the other ones. And the the second thing that it's telling me is that they're not doing anything wrong, and that it's just the system. Like they like they're like oh like in my head like if it makes me think that one like I said there, there's either a really big drop off after Cam Johnson and Nick, or two. That the coaches are expecting yes. something okay. like this. That makes sense. And that for them to sense. and for them to kind of just get used to it. It's but the, like but, it's, the, but the things that are happening are things like you said. Nick Harvey isn't going to get ten percent faster this season. Yeah, he's just not. He's as fast as he is. He's in shape. It's, it's not like he's out of shape. He's yeah. just he's just not that type of man. He's like, about to turn twenty four yeah. years old. He's not. He's not. A, he's not a man to man guy like that. Yes. You have to fit. You can't fit players into a system. The system has to mold around the players. Well, ideally, you do want the players to fit, but you bring in, but, you but bring in be, Nick Harvey. There has to be some kind of wiggle room there. Yes, I if agree. You recruit, it has to be give and take. Right. If you recruit a corner that you're like, oh, yeah, man-to-man. Like, I don't, we've not seen Deshaun Gaddy, but you probably recruited him for your system, so you're like, okay, he's man-to-man. Nick Harvey, you said, oh, he's from the SEC. We'll grab him. Just because he's from the SEC doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to do great against something he's not particularly good at. And like I said, I we've only seen him two games. We don't know if he's going to get better. Hopefully he does. Yes. But you have to kind of mold... You have to set the players up for success. And Latrell said this after the game that the coaches had to kind of go back and look. But these last two games, I feel like the secondary has kind of been left to kind of provide for themselves. Yeah, they've been just kind of dry. Impro- yeah, exactly. They're, they're left to improvise by, the, by themselves. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's... That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> All so, right, question three. <laughs> uh, lastly, from Brady Keen. Again, thank you, Brady, for these questions. He said, where was Rico Bussy? It's a pretty simple question. Where was Rico Bussy, Brady, uh, Brady, Colin? Well, uh, one, I didn't see Rico out there a whole lot. He was out there. Was he? I, he you was know, I wasn't paying attention the whole time. Mm-hmm. But, And then two, you don't have Jalen Guyton on the other side. And that's, on, that's obviously going to take away a lot of stuff. But as I said coming into the season Rico is not a Jalen Guyton where he is precise with routes Rico's the type of guy that you throw the ball up to him and he's gonna get it mm-hmm. he's he's a 50-50 guy not saying he's bad at running routes or anything like that but he's just a different receiver than Guyton and if you don't have guys that are able to get open and make Rico a threat then he's just not gonna be one yeah and the safeties were on Rico as well a lot of times yeah they were um, double you know bracketing him whatever. yeah they were doing all that good stuff um, and they were able to do that because, to be quite frank, the SMU defensive backs were absolutely smothering the other receivers from Texas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how many times, how many times did we see Mason find drop back to pass, go through his reads, progressions, whatever you want to call it, boom, 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 nothing? All right, throw it to the flat running back. We saw that time after time after time. Where the hell, where are the stats? Jalen Darden. Again, leading the team with six receptions for fifty-nine yards. That's less than it's less than ten yards of reception, and he had a twenty-one yard reception in there. So 
that tells you enough. Uh, Nick Smith, two receptions, uh, 17 yards. DeAndre Torrey, two receptions, two yards. Trey Sagers, one reception, nine yards. That's five times at just in, just in running backs. And those are only the completed ones. Yeah. That's five times where Mason Fine was like, nope, 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 nope. Screw it. We're throwing it to DeAndre Torrey. And he picks up two, three, four yards. I don't know. It was nothing was open. And that's very alarming. Yes. Because and I've seen I've seen people on Twitter and uh forums say multiple times well, also the broadcast was saying it as well. Yeah, they had the broadcast on in the press box, so we could kind of get feedback from them too. So that was that was cool. Uh, but the the broadcast was was saying how they start off the game. SMU was just straight playing man. They were the first like four or five possessions. They were just straight playing man. Uh, really, almost all the first half, just playing man. And the guy uh, up there, and then I saw a couple times on Twitter, like. They didn't run any drag routes. They didn't run a lot of slants. Like there were a couple slants, but like you run drag routes to hell when you're playing man. Like when when you know the other team's in man, run yeah. a drag route with Jalen yeah. Darden. Give him some space. Give him a rub. Give yeah. him give use, him a pick. Use their speed. Use his route routing. Yeah, yeah. Give him a pick. Give him something to work off of. And it felt like there was no creativity in that aspect. There was it was kind of like all right, we're going to do what we do. We're going to run, you know, post over the top. We're going to run a play action here. We're going to we're going to get hit a tight end on a on an outside, on an out route. We're going to do what we do. And the SMU corners are just like, okay. Yeah, we saw this on film. Yeah, last and, week. <laughs> yeah, and unlike those Abilene Christian guys or a lot of the teams in conference who say, we can actually guard that because three of us played at a Power 5 school last year and like the freaking corner that was a running back at UCLA that made that play that diving bat uh bat away on on Rico's uh, deep post yeah they got guys like that yeah so you're gonna have to get a little more creative and than again just that was the same stuff. play that we've seen Rico have three was, times this season we've already yes. seen that exact play three times yes so um yeah so that's kind of my whole thing is like all right the broadcasters are saying it people on Twitter are saying it and it's like, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna run our run our stuff, and uh, they're they're not even running their stuff. <laughs> like like I said earlier, it didn't feel like they were running their unique stuff. It didn't yeah. feel like they were running their tight end sets where they were like, all right, we're gonna do this this here, and they're not gonna expect this. Like they're not gonna expect the tight end to uh, rub and then leak out. No, we're just gonna run four three four tight four uh three or four receiver packages with one or no tight ends. And we're just going to go out and beat them in man and hope we can beat them and hope we can block, which we'll get to in a second, long enough for Mason to find somebody. And that just was not the case. It was never the case. And um, that was a big concern to me. And I, again, like you said, I feel like Rico more so than Jalen is almost exclusively an over-the-top guy at this point. He had the well, little... I, f- I feel like he's, he's always been like that. Jalen yeah. was always a guy that could do a quick cutback get the ball, and then he could make something happen. Mm-hmm. Rico is a physical receiver. And that right he's like now... A, he's like a Des Bryant almost, in a, a way. Exactly like a Des Bryant. He can run the post route. He can you know, he can run the streaks. He can run the fades. He'll physically and beat he can catch game. the ball, and he will physically impose you. Yeah. But he's not going to be the guy that's going to run a slant like Jalen Darden or the guy that's going to do a curl like uh, Guyton yeah. or 
you know, he's not going to be that guy. And for him to get open, you have to have other guys around him. Otherwise, they're, they're going to do what they did tonight and just bracket him yeah. or throw a safety. Yeah, they weren't scared of anybody else on, no. the, on that receiving course, so, which is crazy considering how talented we feel that it is, which is how, how highly talented how highly talented it's been touted, really. Michael Lawrence had a touchdown and he had some good plays. But right, and that's exa- that's like, okay. and, and going back to uh, Smith had what we said whenever I, we opened the podcast, I feel like it's everyone's perception of what it should be mm-hmm. is making it come true. It's like when you tell a lie so often that you think it's the real thing. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of how everyone's treating it. And I'm not saying, like I said, that Mason's bad. Mason's great. Yes. Clearly. But the team as a whole, we're, we're just, we just think, we think, we think the team's going with Mason. Mm-hmm. And it's just that's just not the case. Yeah, I, I think. All right, let's talk about the offensive line real quick because I did. Didn't, we have more questions. I didn't mention them. I think. Oh, I don't think so. I didn't. We didn't have any from Twitter. Jake had one. Uh, you pull it up on your phone. Where's your phone? It was. Uh, it's on the floor because Maya knocked it off. <laughs> Maya's uh, asleep. She's now. asleep now. By the okay, way, breathing her very name. heavily. I'll say her name too. She loudly. doesn't like her name while she's I'll, sleeping. I'll it's okay. Um, uh, it was O line. Why couldn't they pass block? Oh, okay. When really it was they couldn't pass block or run block. It was just Trey Siggers was a god among men out there, throwing everybody <laughs> off of him like they were toys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trey Siggers looked amazing. But um, all right, we'll we'll just run with that with that. Uh, so why? So what was their problem? I guess that's what we'll get into real quick. Yeah. Um. Well, first of all, Alex Wilbert didn't play. Again, it's pretty alarming at this point. Yeah, the injury is undisclosed. For no, I I know exactly what it, yeah okay sure it's undisclosed but I know exactly what it is it's he had or at least I believe I know what it is I'm not gonna go on the record I guess but <laughs> he had the Achilles injury in like January or so oh you think he, it's that okay. he missed he missed spring ball because of it he's been getting rehab and treatment for it ever since and I feel like it's still just not it's not there so that that's what I think it is um. But yeah, Alex Wilbert didn't play, so you had to have a, I believe it was Parrish again, Brian Parrish in at the at the guard position. That was Thomas Preston. Thomas Preston, I'm sorry, Thomas, Thomas Preston. Preston. I get those two so confused. Thomas Preston at the guard position. Um Jacob Brammer was not having a good night. Jordan Murray 2.0. I mean, nobody on the offensive line had a good night. Yeah. And I don't just say that again, I'll go back and watch the game and see maybe somebody did have a good night. Who knows? Maybe uh, no, I saw freaking I saw Freaking Sasaya Mosi gets shoved to the side one of the, one of those plays. And it was just like what is happening? Well, there's the one too when they were on their own five and DeAndre Planton just got blown by. Yeah. And I was and, and I saw it was awful because I saw it in my camera and I have I have a four hundred millimeter lens and for those of you that don't know what that is, That's I can only good. see I can only see Mason's head basically. And then I saw blurred out in the background some monster coming at him and I'm like in my head I said, Mason, please uh, we get don't, out of the way. They don't need the safety. Get out and then the he, and then he spun out of it and I was yeah. like, Oh man, think think I don't know because it's so weird because when you look at the sequence, he doesn't even look that way yeah it's just he just, he, feels he, just it. he just felt it so yeah. that was thumbs up to mason there of course but for the offensive line that we thought was going to be so much better and and uh, 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 it's probably still one of the best of conference usa based on how these other games <laughs> are gone but it's just it's it's not it didn't look good you're right it's everything bad and the thing is everything bad there you go analysis oh uh, well the worry is that they don't even have a guy like Jalen Ferguson Ferguson or Oshana uh, Zimenez from Old Dominion 
like they didn't have like a guy that's going to get drafted not right. that i know of inform me right. if i'm wrong they didn't have a who was the guy two years ago for them lawler yeah justin uh, lawler yeah justin lawler they didn't have these guys and they a lot of times they weren't even bringing more than four guys which is really bad and it's like five on four simple math tells you you should win that matchup they weren't winning that matchup they even kept a running back in a lot of times to block and a tight end they well there yeah there was uh i think on the uh michael mike law touchdown i think it was the michael law touchdown it might not have been but that they had seven in the block and so they only had three on the routes it's like are we at that point where we have to keep a tight end and a running back in just to have to get a pass to have three seconds yeah um yeah so that was alarming for me i don't want to go too 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 deep into that but mason didn't have a lot of time that's basically yeah mason was out there by himself that's basically it let's talk about mason though okay or do you want to talk about trey first i would because i don't want to spend too much time on trey let's just run through trey real quick trey was fantastic is Trey the new starting running back? Absolutely, 100%. Oh, my God. I need a drink of water after that. <laughs> well, too much for you? Trey that's Siggers. A, that's a take. I tweeted this. They must have moved Trey Siggers to safety because he was just too good. And they, they, they needed a regression year. Because oh my God. he has not played a snap at running back at all today. since he's been at North Texas. At all. He in practice, practice sure. this whole year. In practice, each. sure. Yeah. But he has never played a snap in a real game setting since senior year of high school. Yeah. And this man came out. It was one of it within his first three runs, shed like seven tackles and then ran for like 50 yards. That's 44 yards. Yep. 44 yards. And I just kind of looked, looked, looked at him because there's no one around me to look at. <laughs> and I was, Tory's good. Yeah. But he can't, he's not powerful. Yeah. Lauren Easley's, Good, but he's not elusive. Trey Siggers put you combine both of those guys and then add a little bit of Jeff in there, and that's what we saw. He looked like Jeff. He looked like Jeff. That's the biggest compliment you can get from us. He looked like Jeff. Like yes. that was he would he looked he looked amazing. And also, why didn't he play there was this like a secret weapon? Like it was like, okay, we're down, <laughs> we're down twenty one to zero, hit the red button, Trey Siggers unleashed. Trey, Trey Siggers <laughs> Trey Siggers just falls out of the sky. Yeah. Like, all right. Get him the helmet. Let's go. Uh, I mean, he was a beast. He was fantastic. And it wasn't a fluke because every single run, it almost seemed like... He, two possessions later, he had a 45-yard run. Yeah. After the 44-yard run. And and this was not because of the offensive line. This was him shoving people off of him. And you know how we know that? Lauren Easley, seven carries, 38 yards. DeAndre Torrey, six carries, 31 yards. Those are decent numbers. Five yards a carry. Trey Siggers doubled that. Yes. And it, Trey Siggers... He only had 18 carries. Yeah, he had 18 carries for 164 yards. yards. 164 yards. It's like... I I just can't believe that Trey Siggers is that much better than those two. But, but do you think it looks like it. Do you think it's a fluke? Because I don't know if it was just because it, he was like, okay, it's my time, I'm coming in, and it was just the adrenaline in him. But I feel like that would have gone away after that first run. Yeah. But then he did it again. Mm-hmm. He's throwing. He's he's literally throwing people off of him. <laughs> like, yeah. You haven't seen that since Jeff. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be the, the the biggest thing is that if he starts next year, next week, I, mean, I can't see him not. Yeah, he has to. Torrey just without 
he just didn't he just didn't look like he was built for for the SMU game. And I feel bad for saying that because he's a really good back, but you play these teams, you play these Cal, Houston, SMU, you're playing guys that are huge. You are right. playing grown men. You're not playing Conference USA. Conference USA, DeAndre Torrey can do whatever he wants. DeAndre Torrey can shed tackles. Yeah, that's why he scored 15 touchdowns last season. Yeah, DeAndre Torrey's great. But this game just showed like... How much you need that physical guy. Yeah, and DeAndre Torrey's a... Again, he's a big dude. We we talked to him on yeah, the podcast. He's, he's a big guy. He's huge. But it's a di- there's just a difference between being 5'7 and being 5'10. Yeah. And having longer legs and having a bigger torso and being able to see maybe something else on the, as the run develops. They, Tori and Easley didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And Siggers made something out of nothing twice, at least. And then he had another like 15-yard run. Right, and he had other little runs that also showed him throwing people off of him yeah and so that's just that's just the type of back that he was today and it was it was promising i think that's 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 probably that's the, the only good thing that we saw today him and ladarius yeah, but ladarius is expected of course so of course anyways uh mason mason so, so mason. there's there's two there's two things we need to talk about okay go ahead shoot the effect on mason's quote-unquote heisman campaign which we both know it's is over. just to get him more national recognition yes. and how he's perceived by fans now. Because I feel like a casual fan will just kind of th- lump him into the whole bad Can I ask you a question? Yes. What if I said no? I would have just said the question. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm trying to think how to word this. I don't want to word this wrong. Just ask it. So, okay. Here's the, here, here, I'll preface it with a story. I asked my roommate um, earlier today because he's a he's a college football junkie. He loves college football. He watches college football all the time. He's a huge, huge college football guy. He, I mean, he's a football guy in general. So we lo- I love talking with him about this, this stuff. I asked him if he thought Mason Fine was better than Shane Bouchot. He said, yeah, definitely. I said, okay. He's like, yeah, Shane Bouchot, You know, He watched him a ton at Texas and whatnot. And obviously, he's like, yeah, Shane Bouchot is you know, very average. I said, okay. Got in the game today... And apparently Shane Bouchelle just needed to play not Big 12 and not Power 5 competition because Shane Bouchelle looked freaking amazing. Yes. Shane Bouchelle was making every throw that I thought I didn't think he could make. And then he made more on top of that. He didn't miss a couple. He wasn't perfect by any means. I think it was 21 to 31 or something. Wrong yeah, the deep there. passes were iffy for him, but everything else. Yeah. And it was just like. And a lot of time on those deep passes, he the guys were wide open. I think on the Robertson touchdown, the guy was wide open. I think on approach a touchdown, the guy he was wide open, something yeah. like that. So he didn't even have to be perfect on those, but on a lot of throws, he was he was he was slinging them. And I was like, "Yeah, this is from coming from UT fan Matthew Bruni. What is happening? Yeah. Like I didn't like I I, we, I saw him as a true freshman and a sophomore, so it's different. And last year, obviously, he was backup, but I was just like, "What is what is going on?" And so I just feel like. To see Shane Bouchelle do that, and obviously I've we've we talked we spent the first what what is it hour of this podcast talking about the people around Mason Fine and how bad they were the alignment the mm-hmm. you know the the scheme the tight end usage like the versatility and stuff, but Mason Fine himself didn't look good. No, I don't think that's a hot take. I think Mason Fine would tell you that he didn't play good. Like he was yeah. sixteen to thirty one or something around there. Yeah, for under two hundred yards. 
17 of 32 for 152 yards, five sacks. Longest pass completion, 21 yards. That, that is was, That was probably Jalen Darden's run. Oh, After yeah. Catch. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, at this point, any national recognition, this is what I'm trying to get to. At this point, any national recognition we were hoping to get with Mason Fine, I feel like it's gone. It's gone unless he, unless they win against yes. Cal, unless yeah, they win you, against Houston. Okay, it's gone for the moment, and it's gone. It's it's at least gone to a point where he's going to have to do some serious right. work. Conference to dig it USA out. games are not going to no four four hundred fifty yards against Middle Tennessee is not going to get you anywhere except for the Conference USA homepage. Congratulations, we don't want that. We want Mason Fine to get national recognition in his senior year. That's what we want. That's what we need. And this performance is going to hinder him. Absolutely. This performance is going to... People are going to look back. Let's say Mason Fine does throw for 400 yards against Middle Tennessee whenever they play. They're like, oh, wow, Mason Fine had a good day. Let's go look at what else he's done. Okay, cool. 300 yards UTSA. 300 yards Cal, let's say. 150 yards against SMU. Who was... Okay, SMU. That's weird. Shane Bouchelle on the other side had a solid outing. I don't want to say he had a great outing, but three touchdowns, no picks? No picks. Am I right? Yeah, this team isn't forcing any turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> three touchdowns, one sack, 21-31 for almost 300 yards, Shane Bouchel. Shane Bouchel just outdueled Mason Fine. And that sucks for people who want Mason Fine to reach a level of national, national stardom this year because... He has some work to do at this point, and it's so, not—it's so, not all his fault. Again, like I said, it's not all his fault. So, what's your question to me? Did I have a question? What was I saying? Yeah, you were prefacing it with this. Oh, that's right. Oh, um, <laughs> how much? I guess my question now, because I kind of answered my own question, but how much work is he going to have to do to get out of this hole, and how much has to change for him to get out of this hole? Because, like I said, a lot of it's what's going on around him. Yeah. So let's get this out of the way. If you were to put Shane Bouchelle on North Texas and Mason Fine at SMU, Mason is a better outing. I think we can all agree with that. I agree with that. Yes. If you put Mason on a lot of teams that are better than North Texas, he would be a lot better than their starting quarterback on on most teams. Obviously, when you get to the the Alabamas and whatever. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So let's just get that out of the way. Yes. We believe that Mason Fine is a better pure quarterback than Shane right. Michelle. I'm strictly talking about the perception right, right now. Right, right. And that's and that's what we need to get at. The perception of Mason now is why didn't he win that game for North Texas? Yes. Why it's, how, it's Mason's team. He needed to throw how, for more yards. Exactly. He needed to throw the deeper pass. He needed to whatever what have you. But for people that watch the game, they know that no receivers were open. They know that the line sucked. They know that you the know, running game couldn't get going until yeah, they know until the running game Trey. didn't get going until Trey Sigurds in the second quarter got you know Hot. turned into God. Yeah. But for the scouts, for the sports centers, for the ESPNs, for the Fox Sports, Bleach they're reports. looking at for the Bleach Reports. They're looking at box scores and they're going, "Oh, hey, I think that guy had a good game," and then they look him up. And without that initial step in the door, Mason's not going to get anywhere with that. No. So you ask me, how do I think he's going to dig out of it? Or how much can work? he? Yeah, how much work does he have to, gonna have to do to get out of it? You have to have very, very competitive games against Houston and Cal, and it has to be because of Mason. It has to be a UTSA moment against those teams, and I just do not see that happening, unfortunately, with the team that he is around him. And Damn. that's, that's going to knock... That's a hot take. I don't think it is. It is because when we talk about the team he has around him. Right. 
we t- we're talking we about Rico Bussey, we're talking about Jalen Darwin, right. we're talking about Michael right. Lowe, right. and we're talking about receiving corpse that was a top right. 10 in the country. Okay, who's better, Cal or SMU? Who? Damn, you're going to give away who's, our, who's our def- No, no, no. Whose defense is better, Cal oh. or SMU? Oh, Cal. Okay, Mason's facing only their defense. Who's better, Houston's defense or SMU's defense? And it's, that's not accounting a- for De'Eric King. Yeah, it's at least on the same level. Right. It's probably on the same so, level. So, I don't think that is a hot take. How can it be a hot take? Yeah, because you're comparing North Texas, the group he has around him, to the defenses he's going to play. Right. You're not comparing them right. to... When they play Conference USA, of course they're going to light up the conference. Yes. We, we know that already. They, they were working on to take that next step. And if they're going to do that, they have to play a competitive game that's entertaining against teams with a defense on the same level or better than SMU's, and I don't and the I don't see that happening. And to further that point, uh, for the scouts, because again, ultimately Mason trying fine is trying to get drafted. We want Mason fine to get drafted. He's gonna have to have performances against NFL caliber players. Cal has at least a couple guys that are going to either get drafted or be very sought after undrafted free right. agents. Like they have legit dudes. We'll get into this on our preview. He's going to have to perform against guys that are going to be in the NFL. And because he doesn't have that chance in conference USA very very often, he's going to have to do it in non-conference play, and he's 0-for-1 right now. Yep. So, And again, that's not all Mason's fault. Yes, Most no, it's of not. it's not Mason's fault. Yes. As we said, you throw him on a Cal, he's probably he's better than the Cal's quarterback. Yes. You throw him on Houston, it's probably a push right now, but yeah, he's going to perform the same. It's There's not, there's not going to be a drop-off if you replace Mason fine with any quarterback that's on a better team. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to get into before we went to our Cal preview. Uh, oh, I have my... Uh, oh, go ahead. You have a couple. Okay, so so I have some... I guess this is more of a would you rather than a something or nothing. Okay, would you rather. So, would you rather take North Texas's team from two years ago, the one that faced Troy, or this team? You're asking me this after two games. I'm asking you this after two games. These are very hot takey. Colin, Jesus Christ. Yes. Take it. Take it. Take it for what you will. <coughs> I'll take this team. Okay. Do you do you want to you want to say why? Not really. Uh <laughs> man's just over here sipping his water. Just I just like. I just the, the the defense last two two years ago was just as bad, if not worse, than this defense. Uh and then you get a senior Mason Fine. Obviously, the run game is different because you have Jeff Wilson two years ago, but the receiving corps. I'm just I'm, I'm saying these because I feel like this is what could be on fans' minds, where it's like, oh well, you know what I mean? Yeah. So okay, second one. Would you rather have Graham or Bodie? This is what we missed. This is what I missed. I forgot to get into. People were calling for Bodie's head. <laughs> so soon. So Insane. soon. Hey. Where's this offensive coordinator you've been telling us about? Where's where's his offense? Matthew Bruni lied to me. Yes, this this we've already heard of this stuff. And I, I kind of got into it uh, early on when I when I mentioned the uh, how they didn't use tight ends. Uh, That's different though. Yeah, it is. So would I have Graham or Bodie? Graham just had a great outing with shout out. Yeah, Graham, Graham had their backup USC's backup quarterback go twenty eight to thirty three for something and four touchdowns against number twenty three Stanford. So and beat the hell out of Stanford. Yeah, they, it was not competitive. So uh, yeah, uh, it's it's still way too early to call. Uh, I believe in Bodie, but also I think as a point that we need to make here is that Seth Luttrell is calling probably fifty percent of the plays. 
So last year, South Central was calling 20% of the plays. This year, he's calling 50% of the plays. So at least, that's at least. And that's just what I know. I just, that that's like a minimum number of plays he's calling. So tight end usage was his idea to start to start to start the year. Seth Trail's idea was to hey, I had Rob Gronkowski at Arizona. Why can't I do that again here? Obviously not exactly. Yeah, obviously you don't have a 67 250 pound. Obviously, tight obviously end. he knows <laughs> his limitations, but you know what I mean. He wanted the tight end usage more and then he wanted to increase the pace more. Those were both his ideas initially. He found Bodie Reader who's like, "Hey, those are cool ideas. Let me do that too. I'll let me come install that." Okay, cool. Marriage happens. This is Seth the Trail's team we haven't mentioned set the trail at all set the trail just had the worst loss of his north texas tenure i would say so just based on the stakes of this game yes i'd say it's the worst i think loss. we got to talk about set the trail i don't want this podcast to be over three hours long but this is this isn't a fire set the trail thing by the way this is just we have to keep our eye on we this. We haven't mentioned Seth the Trail this podcast, no, Colin, we but, we, but we, I've mentioned Troy Reffitt. I've mentioned right, Bodie Reader. Right, I'm, saying, I'm saying not only not this podcast, but we never mentioned him last season yeah. whenever they had offensive struggles. You're right. Although he's only calling 20% of the plays, who knows what plays those were. You know, it's... we always, And why is he only calling 20% of the plays, obviously? Right. Like it's, Seth the Trail, obviously... You're the head coach. Seth the Trail, obviously, has been the savior of this program. Of course. But when... Again, there has been results, but when you're expecting better results or expect, expecting a competitive game against SMU, expecting that next step for this team to take, you kind of, kind of, you have to start pointing a finger in, in in a direction where you've never gone before. Everybody has the <laughs> finger pointed at them yes. right now. Yeah, we've already, we've, like I said, we talked about Mason Fine, we talked about Troy Refford, we talked about Bodie Reader, we talked about Nick Harvey, we talked about everybody. We haven't talked about the Davis boys. I think the Davis boys were fine. I can't, we, I can't believe we blamed Mason. We blamed everybody. We blamed Mason before Seth. That yes, ca- that kinda, we blamed everybody except for Seth, basically. That except for hurt, the that Davis boys. Shout out the Davis boys. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying again, I don't. I don't want to bring this up to be like, oh, set the trail. We're not, we are not saying, give me his head. And, saying, and he's admitted himself that he has to do better as a coach. He's, right. he's admitted that he has some stuff to improve on. He's admitted that the coaching staff has to improve. But I feel like we need to mention that at some point on this podcast because that, that if we don't, if we go a whole podcast blaming everybody except Seth Latrell, it's like, well, you're missing the main guy here like yeah, you can't not the top. you it can't the not top. name Seth the trail when you're talking about a really bad loss yeah so that's that's I do want to mention that real and quick that, and that's honestly a good point because in every game that there's kind of been stakes on outside of a few there they haven't they've gotten well, smashed well like we've said like we've said yeah Utah State Troy FAU we'll, we'll, we'll exclude Utah State that was why just because of the the talent level alone. No, 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 no. Troy was damn talented. Troy had a really great FAU, defense. two years ago, was damn talented. Really good, really good team. It doesn't mean you can't compete with them. That's, that's It doesn't fair. mean you can't put up a better outing. They had, they looked, they, were not they looked like today. lost puppies on the field with Utah State. Like lost puppies on the field with FAU. And they had a month to prepare for Utah you're, Okay, you're right. I'll walk I don't back. want to hear that. No. I'm walking it back. So, I'm sorry. Anyways. That's a, that was your question though to answer your question because I didn't answer your question it was uh, what was it would you rather have Graham Harrell or Bodie Reader again I don't I think it's too early to answer that uh, 
<sighs> basically answer this for the fans. Why 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 they shouldn't panic? Or okay, they so should. I'll take Bodie Reader. Um, Obviously. I'll take Bodie Reader because in this year specifically, I feel like a third year of Graham Harrell would have been or a fourth year of Graham Harrell would have been yeah. a marriage too long. Yeah, it would have been like, all right, let's, yeah, let's like, chill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's chill. But yeah, I would take Buddy Reader just because I feel like he is again, I still think he is positive change on this team. He's positive change on this program. Uh and not to say that Graham Harrell wouldn't have been a positive influence on this team. I just think that Graham or I think that Graham Harrell was we've talked about this ample Change times. of scenery was necessary. A change of scenery was necessary. So that's why I think Bodie Reader is uh positive. Now whether he is a significantly better offensive coordinator than Graham Harrell, that is yet to be seen and that is probably gonna be tough to tell considering that I like I said Seth Luttrell is very much more involved this okay, year. Okay, last last would you rather would you rather have this year's offensive line or last year's offensive line? Two games into the year. We haven't even seen Alex Woodworth Colin. Doesn't even matter. Is Alex Woodworth is he even on this year's team? Exactly. Exactly. Would you uh, rather have this year's I want this year's team just because offensive line. Just because the left tackle position. <laughs> just because you had DeAndre Plant instead of Jordan Murray. So yeah, I'll take the offensive line. Okay, I get this that. year's offensive line. And we're just As saying, of right now, and we're just saying that's because of DeAndre Planton. And again, last year's team played a bunch of nobodies. Yes, yes. Let, let's let's not. And their offense was not good, as we all know. Last year's team played nobodies. I'm glad this year's team is playing a tough non-conference schedule. Like I said, all I care about is the conference schedule. Not all I care about, but I feel like it supersedes these three non-conference games to a degree. So if they win, if they win conference, you say it supersedes, it supersedes a win over Cal, in my opinion. Right. In terms of t- the team, obviously yeah. for Mason. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, I just, I just think that, what was your question again? You had a question. Offensive line. Oh yeah, I again last year's last year's team played an easy schedule in non-conference. I don't want to see that again. I'm glad we're getting tested. I'm glad we're getting some panic. I'm glad we're. I'm not glad they're losing, but I'm glad that there's some some friction. If if today's game was 42 to 38, North Texas lost. Oh. What would we be? What do you think we'd be sitting here saying? We'd be sitting here saying. They're right there. They're right. Like SMU exactly. brought in all these dudes, and, and they were right were, there. And that was because they're competitive and. Again, that would be what that next step would be. It would be progress toward the goal. And we've... It'd be being basically as... If they were close to SMU, like I said, SMU is going to go 5-3 and three in the American Athletic Conference this year, which is the good conference, which is the sixth best conference in the country. You would be looked at as North Texas. Hey, that could be North Texas. Right. North Texas could go 5-3 and three in that conference that has UCF, Memphis, all these dudes in it. You could say, hey, North Texas can compete with them, but... Now we're just like North Texas could be UConn. North Texas could maybe be in the Sun Belt. Oh God, bless. Conference USA is seriously looking like the worst conference in football right now. Worst, obviously, you know FBS. Um, all right, Colin. Was there anything else before we? Oh, one thing I did want to mention. Uh, I don't know if I want to have a discussion on it, but uh, early on in the game, it was very clear SMU was trying to take away um the pass. Basically, throughout the entire game, they were trying to take away the pass first, give up the run, and even when North Texas was trying to run and stay with the run, they couldn't really get anything going, and that's what led to the... <laughs> that's funny, because I texted Bruni, and I was like, I said, why why aren't they passing the ball? Because I can't see what he's Why seeing. aren't they passing the ball? 
Or why are they passing the ball? Aren't why isn't North Texas passing the yeah, ball? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh and I obviously can't see what the what the defense looks like from from the uh press Field. box like yes, like, like uh Bruni can. Yeah. And he says, Well they're because they're only putting five or six guys in the box. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, okay, well I guess they have to continue. Yeah, like <laughs> there was they were not the safeties were back. Like and when you see safeties back that far, it's kinda like disrespectful. It's kinda like in basketball when you leave a guy wide open, you're just like yeah, shoot or it. Kind of wave him off. It's like shoot it, and you like shoot. I have to shoot the ball now because <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're daring me. They're too. daring me, and my teammates are gonna look at me funny if I don't. And so they had to run the ball. And South Central said after after the game that they have to take what the defense gives them. And SMU was giving them the run, but they quite literally giving them. The yes, run. but they could not take it for the first four possessions until Trey Sagers turned into God, as you like to say. So. Uh, yeah, that was that was the big big thing on that end, uh, and also inversely, it was very clear North Texas was trying to take away the run of of SMU, which I said was a big deal. I said that multiple times that they like they need to stop the run because if they can't stop the run, then they are going to get lit up on both ways. And they did stop the run, and so they got lit up in the air. <laughs> and then when they tried taking away the air, they got lit up on the run, and SMU was just a much better team than them tonight last night so that was uh that was those were those were my takeaways on that man all right you ready to preview cal real quick yes is cal winning that is our main thing it is 2 18 in the morning colin is california beatings uh who did they play washington washington oh yeah i forgot we dang i bet you that game's Probably only in the third quarter. It is in the third quarter. Middle <laughs> of the third quarter. Washington leads Cal thirteen to ten. Washington has is legit too. Washington's they're number, ranked. Yeah. What are they four, ranked? Yeah, number fourteen. The uh, Jacob Easton, the quarterback, is a baller, and he is nine of sixteen with a pick. So is 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 Mason fine better than Jacob Easton? I think people would have him ranked above Jake, Jacob Easton, but Jacob Easton's really good. Well, let's. I wasn't expecting that from you. Okay. Well, there you go. Mason, if Mason fine is. In the third quarter against right. Cal, well, with here's only the thing. one pick, and is Mason Fine's offensive line as good as Washington's? Absolutely not. But if you were to switch those two, hey, okay, no, Colin, hey, that's not what's gonna. That's not gonna take the field. That's my point. Mason <laughs> transfer. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Well, it's, it's it is two thirty in the morning, and Colin is. You just lied. It's two eighteen. Losing his marbles here. You know what other game is going on? Hawaii and Oregon at Hawaii. And that game is in the fourth quarter, while Cal Washington is in the third quarter. Cal Washington had a lightning delay. Okay, so what are, what's the stats for Cal? All right, uh, it's pretty simple. Cal is the best defense in the Pac-12. Oh, oh, you mean in the game? Yeah, so like their quarterback right now, what do they have? Obviously, Washington has a better Chase defense. Chase Garbers is 6 of 11, 53 yards. Again, this is halfway. Oh, this is these are stats early in the third quarter. These are basically halftime stats. Anyways, Chase Garbers, 6 of 11, 53 points. 53 yards, I mean. Um... Christian Brown, 10 carries for 44 yards. Uh, he also has three reception for 26 yards. Interesting stuff here. What about running? The running back. Chris Brown. Or Christian Brown. Oh, did I 10 just... 10 carries for 44 yards. Did I just... Sorry. I yeah, because he was the, both the leader in both receiving and rushing. Oh, okay. I don't... Yeah. So, anyways, they're going to be a... They're going to be a tough team. They're, they're going to be the... They might be the best team North Texas plays this year. Okay, so let's go... Obviously, North Texas got beat by the pass, and that's what won SMU the game. Do you think Shane Buchel is better than... Yes. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, so last so year, that's already an improvement. There you go. <laughs> last year, Chase Garbers threw 14 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So that's good. Chase and he Garbers, started all year. Uh, I believe he started 12 games. Okay. They played 13, something like that. Um. Anyways, he runs a lot more than uh, Shane Bouchelle will. I don't think he runs as much as Derek King, but you know he's a mobile guy. Um, and they're gonna look to run him because California's offense is not its strength by any means, and they lost a lot of what they had last year on that offense. So they're very, I don't want to say inexperienced, but they're an offense that doesn't have a lot that scares you in terms of returning talent. Chase Garbers, that quarterback, is not one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Like you're not you're not facing KJ Costello, you're not facing J- Justin Herbert. All right, you you got some you got some leeway with that. I think that the I think that the pass defense should be fine if they if they figure it out this week. So that's that's promising to me. I think that the main thing needs to be um I have all the stats on my computer right here. Let me pull it up. Uh I think the main thing needs to be stopping the run just like it was this year. I thought I thought Maya was gonna go for that. Um, I think that needs to be stopping the run because last week I have the stats right here. Sorry, let me let me pull them up. I don't want to be incorrect. Uh, last week, uh, Christoph. I'm sorry, not Christian. What a name. Christoph Brown uh, had 36 carries against UC Davis. They're gonna run. They're a run first team, so they're gonna run the ball a lot. So that's why I think that they need to have the safeties in the box. I think you have to have maybe one high safety. You know, as a safety um, valve, nonetheless. But they're going to run the ball 40 times at minimum. So be ready for that. Chase Garbers against UC Davis had uh, seven rushes for 30 yards. Um, I just, they're going to run the ball a lot. Chase Garbers doesn't scare me a lot as a quarterback, but I'm sure he can make the capable throws. I, I'd be watching Cal right now if I was home, but I'm here doing a podcast. So we'll see how they wow. do. Um but yeah, that's their offense pretty much. They don't have a lot that scares you on the outsides. Uh, Kikoa Crawford had three receptions, 84 yards, and two touchdowns against UC Davis. Um, and yeah, I just don't think as an offense they're going to be that scary, but they're still going to be better than most Conference USA offenses besides maybe North Texas. <laughs> when, you're your, when you're the only offense in Conference USA better than like the... Well, shoot, best Pac-12 shoot I thought FIU was going to have a good defense. Man, and a, FIU is... Apparently, FIU can't do anything, so let's just... Thumbs up to them. Claps. Claps, claps for them. Um, Western Kentucky. I, I think they North Texas cannot allow this game to get ugly in the way it's played. They cannot make this... They cannot be like 10-3 to at halftime or 10-7 at halftime. It has, North Texas has to do what they do on offense in order for them to... They have to get a rhythm, I guess. It can't be an SME repeat where... They have nothing going through the first half. And unfortunately, I'm I don't really worried. know if that's going to happen. I'm very worried. I'm very worried. Because like you said, I think the defense against this offense has a chance. You know, you don't have the weapons that, that you know, you don't, have, you don't have the explosive guys. They don't have James Roche and Roberson. Right. Roberson. And they made the plays for SME the whole night. That doesn't worry me. What worries me is Mason being able to find open receivers. Because this secondary is... You want me to read it off? Like their names? Like what do you like? Where they? So Athlon Sports yeah, does, yeah. A, does a uh, first, second, third, and fourth team for every conference. Very thorough. Shout out to Athlon Sports. Um, 
Yeah, so for the Pac-12, the only they have two players. Cal has two players on the first team, uh, first team defense. Evan Weaver, who we've heard all about, he had 150 tackles last year or something like that, 160. Evan Weaver is their best player on defense. He's a linebacker. He's going to be involved in every single play that North Texas runs, and he's going to be annoying to watch. Just watch him sometimes. Evan Weaver, check him out uh, at linebacker. You'll see plenty of him. At safety, Ashton Davis, first team, all, all Pac-12. These are preseason, obviously. but you And know this is I mean. Power 5, obviously. Obviously, Pac-12, yes. I know, but I'm just reminding everybody. Yes. Jalen Hawkins is on the second team as a safety. So they have two of the top four safeties in the Pac-12. Let's just get that off, off rip. Cameron Bynum at corner, one of the top four safeties, or one of the top four corners in the Pac-12. He's on their second team. And then you have Luke Bouquet, or Luke Bouquet. I don't know how to say his name. He is on the second team as a defensive lineman. So you have, again, one of the top six defensive linemen in the Pac-12. I would say a defense that rivals Cal would be Utah. And Utah is... 16th in the nation. Yeah, they're top 20 in the country. Even though they've had some scary games. They, They had a tough game against Northern Illinois this morning I was watching. But anyway, regardless... They're, they're top 20 in the country, Utah. So that's the type of defense we're talking about. We're talking about a defense that is probably top 20 to 25 defense in the country. Just based off personnel. Yeah. So look forward to that. Uh, Tevin <laughs> Paul is also a returner. He said look forward to that. <laughs> Tevin Paul is also a returner. He's a linebacker as well. It's just a, they basically, I think I saw they returned five of their top six tacklers from last year. And I don't even think that counts Cameron Bynum, the, the corner. Who's very good. So yeah, they just have a lot of guys on defense that are yeah. just gonna make life absolutely horrible. If you thought that the uh backup running back from UCLA last year that transferred to SMU and play, just like, oh yeah, I'll play corner. <laughs> oh yeah. And he guarded Rico Bussy for most of the game. You thought that guy was a problem? Isn't that awful that you're even that you okay, just put that? I hyperbolized. I hyperbolized. You that, just put guys. that into a sentence. Don't 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 actually think that Rico Busty can't beat a running back. No, 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 I know. Like if, but, like if DeAndre Torrey's on him, he's not going to just destroy but, him. But what was <laughs> some yeah some guy from UCLA? He was just like, yeah, I'll be corner this year. Need a corner. <laughs> that's how much talent UCLA. That's how much talent these schools have. I don't right, think... and that and that just puts in perspective how talented Cal is. Yeah. So it'll be uh. Like I said, it can't get ugly. I just want to see... I need to see something different from the offense to where it gets receivers open for Mason. Mason will find them. I want to see them use their tight ends. I want to see them trust their guns. I don't I even care them. if they use the tight ends. I just want to see people Show open. me something different. I'm tired of the same route to Bussy. I'm tired of the running it three times and then a play action. Give me something different. Give Mason a chance to improvise mm-hmm. because I feel like they're not utilizing that. It will be interesting, Colin. I don't know what else to say. California. Well, the only thing you can say is your score prediction. So, dun, 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 dun. you want me to go first? Yes. I always go first, Colin. I'm sorry. This game is at Cal. Are you predicting a win? You'll know once I make my prediction, Colin. I'm not going to just spoil half my prediction. Uh, I wish we knew what the line was. Let's see if I can find a line here. I'm very far from my mic. I'm sorry. I doubt you can find a line because they haven't finished their game. <laughs> yeah. We're, just look we're at looking ES- on Sunday at 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, look, look at ESPN's FPI or whatever. 
That's that's the closest thing we can get. Odd Sharks will give us something general that we're going to run with. Let's see what they got here. No, they don't. Do they? No. Okay, let me look at the ESPN real quick. North Texas 0-2 against the spread. Damn. <laughs> what'd you what'd you tweet the other day good teams beat the spread <laughs> no i said good teams win great teams cover oh, okay <laughs> and because north texas didn't cover against abilene christian by like half a point anyways so the north texas uh if you're looking at win percentage according to espn's football power index north texas is a 19 percent chance to win and honestly that looks that that i trust that thing more because it had smu at like a 68 percent chance of winning and so I was like, "Oh, that's kind of high." No, no, you know that, that's right. So, so yeah, let's 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 run with that. Uh, yeah, no, I think Cal is just a good Pac-12 team, not a great Pac-12 team. I think they're a good, a great defense. Uh, I've I'm very worried. I am glad that North Texas gets to see this level of defense, though. I think that's absolutely that's good. Again, playing better competition makes your team better. FAU played some good teams last year and got smoked in Conference USA. So okay, well, in the grand scheme of things, it's supposed to <laughs> theoretically, it's supposed to. Yes. Anyways, all right, uh, I'm gonna go. Oh man, this is this is tough. Are you going against the FPI, Colin? Can you please let me make my prediction before you before you like rub 81 to 19 percent FPI in my face? All right, I'm gonna go Cal. I'm gonna go North Texas scores. 17 oh that's ugly <laughs> what was the last bro, time they scored they scored 20 against smu before right. that jason bean touchdown before 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 today when was the last time north texas scored below 20 do you think well they scored over 20 today i know i said before today though oh like when, just like if you had to guess, I don't, I don't know it, but oh, man, last like, 20, you, it like had you, to be 2016. I mean, 2017. It right, had to be like you, Latrell's first year. You just have to like, th- like that. Just mind, like no, 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 no. I take that back. Was one of the FAU games two years ago? FAU they was got, 40 got, 17, I think. They got smoked. I think it was. I think it was 40 17. Yeah. So that, one of those. Regardless, I'm gonna go 17 North Texas to 27 for Cal. Okay, I'm twenty-seven gonna you, seventeen. I'm, I'm gonna hit you with some over/unders. Is that a positive? Is Over that a un- it's a positive. If it was competitive. What's the spread gonna be? Let's predict the spread. The spread's gonna be six and a half. No way, Cal is less than a touchdown favorite. Cal is going to be an eight and a half point favorite. I don't know. Six less than a touchdown for they Cal. They only scored twenty-seven against UC Davis. <laughs> okay, that's all they need to score. North Texas would have to score 20, 21 to cover that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Is North Texas better than UC Davis? Yes, they are. All right. What's your prediction, Colin? Minus twenty-seven to seventeen. Uh, I do. Let me get to my over/unders. Twenty-seven to seventeen. Cal. That's my prediction. Okay. I'm gonna give you my over/unders. Go ahead, Colin. It's late. Uh, it's fine. It doesn't matter. You're not gonna fading. get home till four in the morning. My voice is fading. Over/under. One and a half turnovers from North Texas. We're not getting to all these over/unders. You get two over/unders. This no, is no, your this first. Is, this is number one. One and a half. One and a over. half. Over. Over. They'll get two. Think they get two? They'll they'll they'll, they'll turn it over twice, two or three times. All right, I'm hoping for Nick Harvey pick six. Oh, um, you're talking about North Texas turning them over? Yes. Oh, under. <laughs> I was I, like, I thought you meant North Texas turning the ball over. <laughs> wow. 
I'm sorry. That took a bad. I'm turn. very sorry. I I, I <laughs> right. don't think. I don't one, think one more. That's another thing we haven't talked about. I don't know. We'll talk about this after. No, they, they, this defense doesn't seem like they Which, can turn we'll, people. We'll over. end the pot after this, and we'll you can have you have a story or something. Yeah, I have stories to write. Anyways, <laughs> last over under. Over under Mason finds. Uh, passing percentage. Wow, God, that this was awful. Completion percentage. Completion percentage. Over under sixty two and a half. Under. Okay, that was easy. Wow, I was gonna say fifty four. I was like, yeah, fifty four. That's awful for a man that has a career tough. like sixty eight. It's not sixty eight. It's like sixty five. Sixty eight's insane. Come on. All right, my prediction. Yes, give me your prediction while I pack up my. Screw stuff. it. North Texas twenty. Cal thirteen. I can't believe I just said that. We're not even keeping our point system. My eyes are like going blurry. It's so late. I have my contacts in yeah, still. But please. I don't know what's this going on. This podcast has been wild. For whatever it takes, we don't remember tomorrow morning. <laughs> just uh, hit us for I'm those. Sleeping till new- I'm sleeping until the Cowboys play. Yeah. So if you have a problem, actually, I'll wake up to tweet this and then I'll go back to sleep. So if you have a problem with it, let us know. Respectfully, of but no, course. But no two things. Damn it. I tried to get out of this podcast. All right, but, go. But no two things. Some of these points, even huh. as, as hot as they are, they make sense. It's it's what everyone's thinking. It's just like it's just like the recency. We're like the fans right now, except trying to analyze it. This is awful. Anyways, conti- sorry. I completely interrupted you. <laughs> Are we good, Colin? Anything else to talk about? You gave your prediction 20 minutes. I need to go to sleep. I have work in three hours, four hours. Yes. Have fun with that. Um, all right. Well, you can follow all of us. I'll play real quickly. Mean Green 24-7, Mean Green 247.com, at Mean Green 247. Uh become a subscriber. Please. Uh, I'm gonna start posting more VIP stuff. I know I always say that. I'm going to start posting more VIP stuff. Um Colin and I we work hard, you know. Colin especially. Colin's a great guy. He works really hard. Thanks. Do it for him. Do it for his family. Uh, do it for Maya. Yeah, the dog. That's Thank my family. Thank God she's been asleep the past hour and Let me tell you, minutes. my Achilles is covered in scabs. Yeah, sure, teeth are too sharp. Uh, anyways, do it for do it for Maya. Subscribe to 24, Moving Green 24-7. At the very least, follow us on Twitter. Uh, leave us a rating on Apple podcast that would be the biggest thing to us that means the most to us if you can leave us a five star rating i don't know if we're at 10 ratings yet but we were at nine if we can get to 10 i don't know what i'll do but i'll be happy so yeah just (laughs) leave us a rating we'd appreciate it uh follow us again follow us on soundcloud and apple podcast bruni's breakdown podcast we appreciate all the support sorry north texas couldn't pull out a win uh but it's our fault i think that i think that the we're going to learn a lot about we're going to learn a lot about this team over the next 3 weeks so i'm excited to see it so um yeah again if you disagree with us let us know respectfully of course leave us a five star rating and we'll talk to y'all next week <laughs>